Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, November 1st, 2013. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere. This week, it's all about Rails. Learning resources, application considerations, and Kelly's big win. <laughs> Yay, you. Yay. Let's start off with your big win. I'm sure it's all yeah. you're thinking about. Yeah, well, you know... Right now, I'm thinking that I should have opened this text file, the, the, the list of resources that, that I had before I moved the mic to a point where I can't reach my mouse. <laughs> but it's very complicated. But yes, I won. Yay! Yay! I won. <clears throat> I won the um, best best solo project. Rails Rumble. Yes. Yeah. So, folks, the dear listener will recall from last week that. Kelly had uh, finished up her submission, I guess, last, not this past weekend, but the one before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Itemize.cc. And uh, yes, we were sitting on pins and needles waiting for the judging to commence, and she won. Yeah, I was, I was very surprised. <laughs> well, that makes one of us. <laughs> Told you you were going to win. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of competition. It's very impressive. Yeah, yeah, it was, and and I did not, I did not spend forty eight hours on that app. That's see, what does that tell you? Yeah, so. kind of just makes me feel even better. <laughs> <laughs> it's about focus. What's yeah. The, what's the quote? Of, I, you know, the writer turns in an article, a four thousand word article, and he said, "If I had more time, it would have been three thousand words." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The hard part's but, trimming um, it down. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the fun part too. And um, yeah, we were we were, got a little little sidetrack that weekend due to um, uh, roof damage. That is, yeah. So we're now in the process of getting a new roof put on the house. So if you hear, hear any sawing and, and what have you in the background, I apologize. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll make background noise. Apologies too, because we've got the full contingent of family and dogs upstairs. So because, dear listener, we're recording this on Friday, which means that we're late. Yes. So apologies about that. Uh, we are. I blame Maggie. Yes, I do too. It's really her fault. <laughs> Little troublemaker. <laughs> she's so cute though. I yeah. That's what we decided to keep her. She's uh, she's. We're on the fence, and then we're like, ah, no, she's cute. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, last night was Halloween, and everyone asked me what I was going as. I said exhausted, uh, exhausted vampire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, so we're actually going to switch the recording schedule around to be during the day because we've been doing nights because that's been better, but now it's not better anymore. Yeah, yeah. So we'll switch it around, and which will hopefully mean absolutely nothing to to our, our listener, other than the fact that you know we we might get these up on time. Exactly. All right, great. So let's dive in Rails. Sure. So let's start with um, I guess get this out of the way. Uh, we had a listener question. Uh, someone emailed in a question, Alan, Alan K from the great Midwest sent in, Hello, a, Alan. <laughs> sent in a, a question about, um, uh, learning rails. And so he had, he was familiar with my trials and tribulations of, of trying to wean myself off of PHP onto rails. And it sounds like he was kind of in the same boat. Uh, had the same experience I had, which was you want to just like, you know, jump from the rails, hello world, which you know, it seems, makes it seem really easy and, you know, jump into a real project. And then you're like, mm, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's not so obvious and lots of magic. And if you are, 
new to Ruby as well, it's really yes. hard to tell where the magic is coming from. Yes, it is. It is. And um, that's why I would I would personally recommend taking some time and learning learning Ruby, getting yourself familiar with, with Ruby as a language before you really dive into Rails. Mm-hmm. And so I have some resources here for, for all of that. You want to list off a couple of big ones and then we'll put the links in the show notes? Yeah, yeah. If you can reach your mouse. <laughs> if I can reach my mouse, yeah. Uh, there are, for learning Rails, I have their, um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there is a, it's a Learn Ruby the Hard Way. I think a couple <laughs> of few years, few years back, Jed Shaw wrote a book called Learn Python the Hard Way. And the style has sort of since then been copied for, for other programming languages. And so there's Learn Ruby the Hard Way. And really what it does is it just takes you very, very step by step from, from very basic to, you know, all the way through. And it's ex- extremely thorough and would be a, a, a good, very good resource for learning Ruby. Excellent. And that's a, a book? Yes, it's a book. And actually, you can read it all online for free, too, as well. So Cool. Yeah, I recently got a Ruby book. Um, I don't remember. Uh, I wish I had it in front of me, but it's an ebook. I'm not sure which thing I have mm-hmm. it on, but I'll put it in the show notes. But it's more of a, it's more of a mm, reference than a, mm-hmm. you know. It's and it starts. It's it starts talking about the language in a way that makes sense to someone who is really familiar with the language. Mm-hmm. And it's so it comes at it from a very, mm, I guess I would say idealistic way, and starts with really abstract concepts at first. And it's a little bit fr- was a little bit frustrating for me because I was like, I just want to know how to, like, it's it's almost too thorough. Yeah, if you know what I mean. I, I wanted something that was a little bit more like that would get me started with the basics a little more quickly, and uh, and I then have, I have mo- a link for that as well. Oh, good. Yeah. So, what's the what's, speaking of? It's uh, an it's an ebook. You can find it on Amazon. Um, it is the Rapid Rubyist, hmm. and it is just sort of a sort of a quick start. Gets you up to speed the basic things you need to know to start um, start programming in Ruby. Awesome. Cool. And both of the, both of these things you said. The first one is a it's a book that's paid, but you can also get it for free online. And then this right. one is also uh, an uh, it's an it's an ebook on Amazon, but it's like like for, for something. It's, mm. it's really affordable. Mm, cool. Oh, I'll definitely it's take not, a look at that. It's, it's not super long, but it's a good, you know, sort of quick start, get you up and running with the language quickly. Cool. Excellent. And, uh, do you have any, uh, I'll bet you've got some video resources on there. Uh, I do actually, um, I have Railscast, mm-hmm. railscast.com, which, um, if you want to get into rails specifically, um, just excellent, excellent set of, uh, screencast by Ryan Bates and definitely worth the cost of the pro membership. Mm. And I'm, I'm not sure he's making new ones at the moment. I think he might be taking a break, but you can still pay nine bucks and go back and get access to all the pro episodes. Cool. Yeah. I've looked, I've seen a couple of those and it's really impressive. So that's, I can recommend yeah, that one as a, well. He does a really good job. And actually my, my very first project I did in Ruby back in 2007 was working on a project with him for, for I think the second rails rumble. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We finished third that year. Jeez. So, and then uh, uh, the Pragmatic Press has uh, a series called The Facets of Ruby. 
mm-hmm. and they have several books in that series. And there's there's two two out of it that I would really recommend. And the first one is it's just simply programming Ruby, and there's a version out now. It's programming programming Ruby. It's for Ruby one point nine and two point oh. That might be the one I have. Is it okay. O'Reilly? Uh. I believe it's Pragmatic Press. Oh, sorry, that's what you said. I have, yeah. I have a, a, the one I got was O'Reilly, and it also covered both versions, which uh, I'm not even. I, I almost didn't like that. I don't know. It was like confusing enough as it is. I could, from from a, an author standpoint, I can completely understand yeah. why you would do that because you want more shelf life for the book, but it, for the reader, it's yeah, more confusing. And you're kinda- everybody's kind of between versions right now. People are either using 1.9 or because they haven't quite upgraded to 2.0 yet, but then everything's starting to go that way. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the, we're kind of, kind of right between Ruby versions. Ruby 2.0 is pretty new and rails four is pretty new. So this is kind of a, kind of an awkward time to be publishing or or looking for, I guess probably a book for, for that. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's fair. Like the, like the, I know when we were, when I was sort of trying to get going with Rails four, um, the the Mac the the default install on the Mac is like one point nine point one or something. Oh, did they upgrade it? It used to be like one point eight point seven. Oh, you know what? No, I think that's what it is. I uh, I was doing something with Ruby last night and I saw that newer version, but it's because I upgraded that machine. So yeah, so like the the default install on the Mac is kind of old. Yeah, which can be. Frustrating. Yeah, I, I really I don't know why they haven't upgraded it, but they did this. Oh. This they were this they dragged their feet with PHP too back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, then the uh, the other one in the facets of Ruby is just the agile web development with Rails four. And there's been agile web development with Rails for uh, pretty much as long as there's been a Rails. Hmm. So. <laughs> And it's, I haven't looked at the version for Rails 4, but I've looked at a couple of the past versions, and they basically would just walk you through building an, an application. Oh, excellent. That's the kind of thing that I like, uh, to just have something like really... So the, the thing with just learning like the language in the abstract that I think I mentioned on last week's show, it's kind of like when I was in music school and everybody wants to learn like either the cutting edge stuff or the... <clears throat> the more complicated stuff mm-hmm. and or to get into like real interesting subtleties of, of like the harmonic overtone series. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, but you know, we don't need, we need to know how to play a blues first. And, <laughs> yeah. And like the experts are like, Oh, well, you don't know how to, Oh, well, I didn't know you didn't know how to do that. Like, why didn't you right. tell me, you know? And that's, that was, that's been my experience with a lot of programming books. So it's nice to, I like, I like ones that are very, it's sort of like real world because you end up doing because there's lots of stuff that you do when you're programming that you do all the time like right like i don't know like iterate over an array or something like that and if, a database yeah exactly all that stuff and it, it's like if you if you just learn the things in the abstract outside of like uh like a workshop style or workbook style project that you're building mm-hmm. there's no you have no perspective on you know, something that's more esoteric and is like little syntactical sugar that you, that you may or may not use someday versus stuff that is completely meat and potatoes that you're going to be doing all the time. And and both of those things warrant like one page. Yeah. (laughs) So you you get no perspective on, uh, when you're learning it in the abstract, you get no perspective on which thing is more important. 
yeah, it doesn't really put it in the right context. And, and it's kind of, you kind of end up with some sort of decision paralysis there where you're like, well, okay, I, I know this abstract concept and this abstract concept, but what do I do here in this situation? Yeah. Someone just tell me what you to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's another, another thing about them. Uh, going back to rails casts, um, Ryan puts the source code for every episode in a before and after, uh, copies of the source code on GitHub. So awesome. You can go through and, and pick through all the source. Mm, that's all. That's great. Cool. Do you have more stuff or is that the, um, pretty no, good have, list. I have a lengthy, I have a lengthy list. We probably don't want to go over all of it mm. just because it's like, I don't know, 14 or 15 items long. Mm. <laughs> but um, there is one more that's probably, that I feel is worth mentioning because it's a book that I read just recently and I felt like I, after reading it, I felt like I kind of leveled up. Oh yeah? Yeah. And it's, um, if you're, if you're new to Ruby and you're new to Rails, then you're probably also new to testing. <laughs> and... <laughs> I was kind of eh, on testing to start with, but the the more I get into it, and the more I do it, I, I really sort of see the value in it. And um, and so there's a, a really good, really good book. It's um, Everyday Rails Testing with RSpec, hmm. and it's a you can it's an ebook, and um, we'll link to it in the show notes with all with all these others that I haven't mentioned here. But um, I read through it, and it's just. Again, it takes you it takes you through sort of a practical example of of testing an application, and um, I I learned a lot from it, and it it made my my sort of sort of skills and abilities of of, of using and and to using our spec and testing things with it and doing uh, integration testing with Capybara and all that stuff. It's just a whole lot easier now after reading that book. It's just a, it's a great book. Cool. Yeah, it's I a mean- real easy read too. Testing's not that sexy sounding, but if it makes your life easier, which does, then yeah, it's worth. Yeah, especially especially if you're building a lot of APIs where you don't necessarily have a a graphical interface to interact with with your code. Mm, totally. Well, and don't forget Rails Forum. Yes, yes, you can always go and ask questions on Rails Forum. Yes, which is a plug for Kelly, but it's an excellent site. So I haven't actually been there in a while, which I probably should since I'm one of the admins, but. And you, yeah, and you should be bragging about how you're. I should be an award-winning Rails dev. I should be. I've, just, I've been I've been busy. I've been too busy winning to, you know, hang out and help others. <laughs> been too busy basking in your glory. Yeah, yeah, and, and <laughs> from on high, trying to get a roof over my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fun. All right, so that we actually touched on a. a a good segue there. You started to mention APIs a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and I am uh, I am in my continuing effort to um, to get more get get more betterer with Rails. I am like I said, taking a step back to get better with Ruby. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm doing is I'm working on a Sinatra API. Okay, mostly just because. Um, I understand it's way more obvious to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. If you're just starting with APIs, Sinatra is the way to go. Yeah. Actually, that was going to be a question I was going to, well, would you, yeah. Would you, if you were going to make an API, I, I assume you would make it in rails. At this point I would make it in rails, but you and I, we have done them in Sinatra in the past and I, I like Sinatra. And so I would say, I would say whether or not I would use rails versus Sinatra depends on the complexity of your application. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and, I, 
I read a really. The, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, it may have changed since the last time I checked, but um, the version of the Active Records and Ultra Gem last I checked was starting to get a little out of date, mm-hmm. and that was starting to cause me some headaches. And of course, there's also there's also Data Mapper as an option. A lot of people use Data Mapper with Sinatra. Yep. Which works fine. It's just not my personal preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so both object relational mappers, so you don't have to deal with your database directly as, you know, like back in the yeah. day. So I, so that I read, I was reading about like, you know, I was like, ah, I want to, I got to keep practicing my sort of Ruby chops and Rails was like, I, I got, I leveled up a little bit with Rails when we were working on the spoken site, but then I hit a roadblock and my productivity hit the basement because I was like, you know, every time I would jump into, you know, I've got an hour, I can like jump in and work on the site. It, it, it ended up blowing the entire hour, like trying to get the web server started. And it's like, <laughs> it's just, which sounds ridiculous, of course, to an award-winning Rails developer. But <laughs> if you're an old fart like me who's trying to... What do you to, need to do? Yeah. Why didn't you just... Although you do have to hand it to me. I come across every possible bug. You do. You really do. You're, you're very good at that. You should like work in QA or something. Yeah. Between Git and Rails like setting up a rails environment i definitely do it the hard way yeah i don't know yeah, why you should, should you should relearn rails the hard way <laughs> <laughs> it fits your natural style of doing things yeah apparently <laughs> so but i did get the i did get the I, I did enough rails to get the light bulb on like oh my god if i was going to build a if i was going to build a website there's even with the the pain in the butt stuff about just me getting up to speed with you know, the under it's it's the underlying infrastructure part. It's not the mm-hmm. it's not the coding. The coding's not that bad. It's the it's like oh well, how do I move this to another server? You know, like how do I set up the environment there? How come yeah, it's not then, connected to the database? I still I still struggle with that a little bit on occasion, especially now that I'm trying to do more automated deployment and, and stuff now, which mm-hmm. is awesome when it works, but the setup is still still tripping me up at times. Yeah, like Capistrano. Yeah, Capistrano. And um, oh, there was another one that I ran across the other day. I heard heard mentioned on Twitter that got kind of kind of rave reviews, but I don't remember off the top of my head what it is. I've got a bookmark. I have to go back and look. Mm. So to make a long story longer, the uh, uh, I am working on a Sinatra API, and it's it's like very much um, Legos. You know, you you have to yeah. put everything together. Yeah, but I, it's easier for me because there's less magic, and I can, and it's it's more clear to me like what's Sinatra and what's Ruby. Right. I was going to say the exact same thing. When I first got back into Ruby, I started with Sinatra, mm-hmm. and we did that for a while before I before I ever got back into Rails. And I found, I found Sinatra to be an excellent way to to learn Ruby and improve as a Rubyist and still be able to, you know produce something cool and, and presentable and you could you could see some some real measurable results because you could still load up something in a web browser mm-hmm. and to me uh it made me much better uh at ruby in general uh before going back into rails and that made the transition back into rails much easier than it was last time i tried it cool yes yeah, so that's the experience i'm having too and, and yeah i see it as it's like you said, it, it, depending on the situation in the few, if, if all things were equal and I was like as good with Sinatra and rails as I was with the other, then I would say, well, maybe, you know, depending on the project, I'd pick one over the other, but for a website, I almost certainly 
would either, if I was going to use a framework at all, it would almost certainly be Rails. Yeah. In fact, the original version of Itemize was done in Sinatra, and I redid it in Rails for the competition. Oh, there you go. Because it does, Sinatra isn't just for APIs. It does have views and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, it does. But, but as soon as you start getting into a lot of the the really tedious stuff about writing a, a website or a web application, all of a sudden it's like, man, Rails really brings a lot to the table. Yeah. So, should I'm, I'm thinking, should we bash PHP frameworks for a minute? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw a, um, saw a benchmark yesterday of uh, web framework performances. Rails is, it gets a lot of flack for being slow, which it kind of is. It's not that great. It was kind of, you know, it was not, not super high up on, on the list. Mm-hmm. But the, the very bottom was Symphony. <laughs> yeah i mean i'm a fan of code igniter and i've used slim to build apis before yeah. and they're all right they're cool but the the thing about um but there are others that are not as cool like symphony uh it's really I would, i'm not going to go into it but if you're deciding yeah. php frameworks don't pick symphony please um <laughs> sorry to the symphony gang but it's just not great and the the um what was I going to say about that? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I have baby brain. Yeah, that's totally understandable. When Kira was born, I forgot to take a final exam. Oh, you were taking final exams as a parent. Yikes. Yeah. God, I'm ready to retire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was that was my second attempt at college. I see. Well, if I was in school right now, it would be a big, big bad, bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, that would. It's it's very very hard to do with a with a young baby in the house. Mm. Anyway, enough about babies. So the (laughs) so the overall the overall takeaway here, folks, is uh, you know the show is about building apps around everywhere, and obviously that. Uh, these days, the most everywhere platform is the web. And if you are building web sites or apps, things with like a, a graphical user interface, forms, buttons, that kind of stuff, Rails, it's it's really, it's hard to think of one that's better than Rails. Oh, and that's what you were talking about, performance. And the, uh, the I think with any framework, the performance is important, but I feel like performance is sort of, that's kind of a, uh, it can be like FUD, you know, it's like, is it the difference, you know, if if your car goes 200 miles an hour, that's great, but you're only allowed to go. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, does it, does it really matter? Is, is your bottle, your bottlenecks, is it your database? It's almost always going to be the database anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and, and there's a lot of things you can do to improve performance, there's all kinds of different caching and you know, load balancing and, and that sort of stuff. That if it, you know, if it becomes an issue, it's not like your hands are completely tied for for things that you know, there's 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 things you can do. Right, and the trade-off, obviously, you know, I suppose it's obvious, but the trade-off of using a framework is it's almost always that trade-off where you're you're abstracting up a layer. The framework abs- mm-hmm. is abstracting complexity so that you can develop faster and iterate more. And 
and the, the generally the cost of that is that you're going to have different uh, performance in production. But there, like you said, there's lots of ways to mitigate that. And once you have, you know, you know, it's a classic premature optimization. It's like why optimize an app that no one's using? Um, you know, kind of wait till you have that problem. And right. and there's tons of. I mean, like GitHub is Rails, isn't it? I mean, there's like tons of, or it was yeah, at one there's, time. There's tons of you know Basecamp. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously Basecamp. Yeah. That's a that's the yeah the prototypical so sort of flagship. Yeah. So it's it can be done. You know. Yeah, and it's and it's not just that you get faster development. You get much cleaner code and much easier code that's much more easy to maintain in the long run. And it's easier to bring other people into the project. And the the learning curve is lower. And you get testable code that you can. Yeah. There's there's all kinds of advantages. Yeah, and a a huge if if sometimes annoying community that is willing to, um, you know, pitch in and contribute to resources. And, uh, you know, there's just like so many gems and everything from yeah. gems to code samples, to books, to videos. There's just so much excitement around, uh, around rails. So if you are building an app that is going to basically be a web app and needs to run all over the place and rails is you, it'd be hard to find something better than rails. Yes. Oh, speaking of community, though, that does bring up one thing I wanted to mention. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to say, uh, I guess it's been about three weeks ago now, the week before we did our Rails Rumble, I went to the Wicked Good Ruby conference in Boston. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And some of, not all of, I don't think, but some of the talks from that are, are up now. The videos are that from that are up now. Cool. Which we can link to in the show notes. And I just wanted to say that the Boston Ruby community is fantastic. Cool. They're just an incredibly, incredibly friendly and warm and helpful and intelligent group of people. And it's just, it was a, just a wonderful time. So there you have it. <laughs> Rails is just warm and fuzzy all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. And that was Cooper's, Cooper. Cooper's input on the situation. Yeah, he likes it. <laughs> that was a thumbs up. Yeah. So cool. Uh, I'm sure many of the dear listeners are web working on web projects, web developers, web designers. So if you haven't taken the plunge with Rails yet, uh, I think you'll be happy uh, once you do. But it might help to first get familiar with uh, Ruby, the language itself, and then maybe maybe do like me and go through the kind of Sinatra way station to uh, help you work on working code or develop on working code using Rails, uh, sorry, using Ruby in a framework. And then perhaps as a kind of a, I don't know, an intro to Rails. It's not really, it's not the same thing, but. No, it's, it's a, it's a good way to get some, some sort of Ruby, Ruby experience building something for the web. Thank you. <laughs> Articulating when I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, so, I sleep these days. Yeah. That's, <laughs> we do not have that in common. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. That's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye. Bye.